0: what excites me so much about the gift boxes that you're packing is that it's so much more beyond the school supplies and the Mm -hmm. soccer balls and the the dolls and uh, it is giving uh, our church partners around the world an opportunity to share christ with children that literally would have no other opportunity Mm -hmm. it's knocking down doors and barriers to the gospel in some of the hardest reach places on earth today
1: Welcome back to On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, where we take you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham, and uh, I love this time of year because we we get to prepare packing shoeboxes for Operation Christmas Child. It's something Edward and I have always done with our kids, and I've personally been able to see how much joy these boxes bring to children around the world. I've always known that Operation Christmas Child is so much more than just giving toys to a child. And so I want you to know the intentionality of this ministry, to hear the heart behind it and and let you see a glimpse of the other side. So in this episode, we're going to share conversations that I had with our Operation Christmas Child staff members, and uh, our podcast team was also able to take a trip to Hobby Lobby, one of our partner stores, to pack shoeboxes and give you ideas of what you can put in a shoebox. So we are in Hobby Lobby. This is a great place to fill a shoe box. You can get school supplies, fun wow items. Um, so yeah, we're just gonna go down aisle by aisle here. Oh, here are our school supplies. So we, I'm gonna start here, because this is essential. Um, as we shopped, uh, I continued to, to think of new ways to, to add more things into the shoe box. I was able to talk to Hannah Bolvi. She is the development manager of The Greatest Journey. It is a discipleship curriculum of Operation Christmas Child, and she's so passionate about this side of the ministry. Uh, we And she had some great suggestions about the best ways to pack a box. I know that there are so many things to buy and pack and put in the process. And as we were shopping last week, we walked down every aisle, and there are just so many cool things to put into a box. But Hannah shared uh, the most important thing, that you need to include in your box, and it's not found at a store.
2: Having the opportunity to go internationally, see children receive boxes time and time and time again, you just look at a child that receives the perfect box and you know that this is not something that man did. God did this. Mm -hmm. And so prayer has got to be the first thing that goes into that shoebox. So um, I think that that is the most important thing. If you're saying, what do I do first? Pray and then say, okay, Lord, lead us to the right things. And God just shows up um, when his people pray, especially when we pray about giving. Hearing that from Hannah was so
1: convicting, and it was a good reminder. I, I think it's easy to get caught up on the logistical side of things, uh, the details and what you're going to put into the box. And you can forget that God really is the one guiding all these boxes into the hands of a specific child. Hannah also shared what she calls a wow item
2: after prayer the next thing we say is that there needs to be kind of a an item that when that child opens that box they go wow and so we call it a wow item Mm -hmm. um but it is a soccer ball a baby doll a quality stuffed animal okay
1: all right so
2: we have not done
1: a wow item so i am looking for a wow item the wow item is always one of my favorite parts of the box because you you literally have to think through a kid opening up the box, um, seeing it, and saying wow. Uh, for kids who haven't received a gift in their entire life, something that might seem simple to us in America, like a drawstring backpack or a soccer ball, could mean the world of difference for these kids. Okay, so right now we're building two boxes. We are doing a girl between the ages of five and nine, um, and then we are doing a boy which is 12 to 14. But with the older kids, I always say, jewelry, soccer ball, and school supplies. You cannot go wrong. But I have done this before. They have these canvas drawstring bags. They're only 99 cents. So I will probably put this in both of the boxes. And these are cool. Is this a line? I also talked with Bill Pfister. He is our Samaritan's Purse Assistant Director of Field Ministries. Uh, He's been to many distributions around the world, and he's seen how it's a key part of building church partnerships with countries. Uh, He shared how a wow item goes far beyond a moment of joy for a child. It's an opportunity for them to experience the love of Jesus in a tangible way that they may never experience in their lifetime.
0: We always talk about the wow item, that mm-hmm. big item that you put into a shoebox that when the child opens it, hopefully it's on top. And they're going, to wow, a stuffed animal, a soccer ball. This is incredible. But, you know, it goes deeper than that. It's like you said, who, who sent this to me and why? 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 I don't know these Mm -hmm. people. Why? You know, I've never received a gift before. What is it about this person? Mm -hmm. And it gives you then the opportunity to say, there's a God that loves you so much that he sent his son to die on a cross for your sins. He rose again from the dead. You can believe in him, trust in him, and have forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Christy, that's a powerful message. And, uh, you know, we don't see God. We see, uh, we hear the gospel, but this is an opportunity. It's it's a tangible expression.
1: I always love talking to Bill because he's full of amazing stories. I asked him some ways that he's seen God use specific gifts to make an impact on a child and meet a really unique need.
0: I've seen that worked out in, in just so many Ways, Uh, Even right now, I'm thinking about a child in a sensitive country in Asia. Hmm. uh, No believers in his family. Uh, This little boy got a pair of shoes that were his size. He had no shoes. You know, you and I don't even think about that. I heard a story literally just last week um, in the Himalayas, of all places, of a guy that said he was one of 16 children. Hmm. And he said he never had shoes and so here this, this little child gets a pair of shoes that are his size. Who, uh, what listener even right now is thinking, I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to buy a pair of tennis shoes and put mm-hmm. them in a box. And then how does God get the just the right size mm-hmm. for the right child? So we see that happen. In this particular case, this little boy, I think I, I remember he was 12 years old. Uh, came to faith in Christ, uh, was not going to school. That's the crazy thing. Mom Hmm. says he was so shy that she didn't want him in school Hmm. because he couldn't interact with children. He went through then, after trusting in Christ at this outreach event, through the greatest journey, experienced life transformation as he went through 12 weeks of discipleship classes. The story gets even better because the... As I said, the parents, they weren't believers. The dad comes to faith in Christ Mm. because he sees the difference Christ made in his son's life. Mm. And so, you know, Christy, what excites me so much about the gift boxes that you're packing is that it's so much more beyond the school supplies and the Mm. soccer balls and the the dolls. And uh, it is giving— Uh, our church partners around the world, an opportunity to share Christ with children that literally would have no other opportunity. Hmm. It's knocking down doors and barriers to the gospel in some of the hardest-to-reach places on earth today.
1: And on top of that wow item, you can also add some really basic things that kids will use every day. Hannah gave some great ideas and shared uh, more about how these simple items, they not only meet practical needs,
2: but they open the door for discipleship. So after you kind of have that wow item, then definitely some school supplies. You know, that makes Mm -hmm. a big difference for kids around the world. Some of them can't go to school because they literally don't have paper and pencils. So that's so easy just to like take care of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Hygiene items, a washcloth is fantastic, a toothbrush. Um, So then... After you've got your school supplies, your hygiene items, and your wow item, then just try to make it fun. Fill it up with little slinky, yo-yo-y kind of fidget spinnery thing, just anything that a kid is going to enjoy. And just remember, really, nothing that goes in the body or on the body. So mm-hmm. we don't know if these kids have allergies. We don't know what, they're, what they are what and are not allowed to eat or you know, even like toothpaste, things like that. Mm-hmm. You're right. We don't want to lose one box,
1: one gospel opportunity. And if a pack of bubbles or candy goes through customs and it stops the whole carton, uh, there goes, you know, 50 opportunities for the gospel. So just be mindful that we are trying to be sensitive to each of the countries that's coming in. Things that may seem small or things that we use every day, like a toothbrush, they can be so impactful for a child. I've had the opportunity to witness some shoebox distributions and see kids open gifts for the first time. Uh, But I really wanted to understand more about how our teams prepare these distributions. Both Hannah and Bill made it so clear that these aren't just transactional moments. They're literally handing kids the opportunity to have the best gift, Jesus Christ. And it matters that kids don't just think of Jesus as a one-time gift. Uh, Faith is continual. It's something that they'll carry uh, eternally, long after these wow items fade. Um, okay. So you made it very clear on how to make a quality box. Mm-hmm. So now we know mm-hmm. that these are gospel opportunities. They go yeah. in, the churches are able to use these boxes to to bring kids in that might not come to church. Mm-hmm. They bring them in, but then they, they want to keep in contact, and so discipleship. So how do these church partners uh, bring in the kids and mm-hmm. do these distributions, and then how do they share the gospel while giving a box?
2: Yeah, love that question. Um, because I think that this is something that is really widely misunderstood by our shoebox-donating public. Mm-hmm. And so really understanding, first off, that it is not um, staff um, or even American volunteers that are giving these boxes away, that we are partnering with the local church worldwide. That's literally in our mission statement, and it is baked so deep into our DNA. And so our international teams in every country in which we work, the project there is really run by and owned Mm -hmm. by Mm -hmm. national volunteers who build a strategy along with our staff for where they're going to go for the next five years, where the least reached and unengaged peoples, um, where the gospel where's the gospel going to be most effective. We want to go where the gospel hasn't been. Mm -hmm. And so um, we really try to go to new places. And in order to do that, working with locals is the best way to do it. So um, our national leadership teams, they work with local pastors. They train them and equip them to hold an outreach event and also the Greatest Journey Discipleship Program, which we'll talk about in a minute. But these local pastors are the ones who, they know where the kids are, they know where where people have not been reached, and they have the relationships and the logistic Mm know-how to get the boxes there. I mean, if I was responsible for renting a yak to get some boxes across a mountain in Nepal, I would have a lot of learning to do, but in that culture and environment, um you know, they already know those mm-hmm. things. So the local, the local believers are really the important first thing that you need to know. The second thing is, is that children are not told that they're going to come and receive a shoebox gift. It's really important. Actually, it's a very important part of our strategy. The kids are not told. In fact, we go to great lengths to um, <clears throat> not let children know that they will receive a shoebox because we want them. To come in without an expectation of i 'm going to be getting something, therefore something will be required of me, so children are invited to a fun party or an event where there 's going to be singing dancing stories, and games, and that 's all you need to tell kids like they 're already there right mm-hmm. and so um, at the end of this fun event um, our our local pastor, his wife, whoever it is that 's sharing the gospel with kids in a very clear, child-friendly way with big pictures and questions and interaction. Um, One of the things that they talk about is how the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. And for so many of these kiddos, that's something that doesn't really compute the gift of God because in the cultures in which they live, there's no such thing as a free gift. There are gifts, but there's gifts with strings attached. If you have a fantastic harvest of your grain, Mm -hmm. um, you might share that with me. But then when I and my family uh, catch a lot of fish, there's an expectation that you get a kickback of Mm -hmm. our good catch because... That's just how the society works, and there's nothing wrong with that. But for a child to understand free is just not really in their context or in their vocabulary. So then at the end, when we say the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. The shoeboxes come out as a a tangible example of that free gift. And that's why that's such a pivotal moment for kids— There's no way that this child could ever find or repay or provide a kickback for the person that packed their shoebox. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, like that's how the gospel comes to us. It comes no strings attached. It is the it is the gift. It is the gift of God. It is His love for us with no strings attached. And that is what makes it powerful in our lives, is we don't have to earn it. We don't have to prove that we're worthy of it. And we don't owe Him anything.
1: When these kids open their boxes, there's so much joy, and you can hear it, it's contagious. Uh, They're overwhelmed by receiving a gift of their very own. Uh, But the best part of distributions is beyond the shoebox. This is the discipleship program. Every child that receives a box gets a booklet called The Greatest Gift and explains who Jesus is in their own language. And Then after that. Uh, a child can continue to come to a discipleship program called The Greatest Journey. It's a 12-week discipleship class, and it's part of my, it's one of my favorite parts of, of the shoeboxes because the local church, they're the ones inviting these kids. Not Samaritan's Purse. Uh, it's someone they know locally in their area. And before we even send the boxes, Operation Christmas Child is working with local burleavers to train them to be leaders for these kids. I love the way that all of our staff around the world, they all have the same uh, curriculum. If you see it taught in Ecuador or mm-hmm. Liberia, it's going to be the same program in their language. Yeah. So tell me about the discipleship program, why it's so important, and how it impacts the community.
2: And the greatest journey one of the things I really, really, really love about it is that it actually teaches kids how to study God's word. It doesn't just walk them through lessons. Mm-hmm. It gives them this very simple pattern. So kids are invited um, at the outreach event at the very end they're said they're told, hey, come back on, you know, Sunday night or Wednesday or whenever we're going to be doing this, you know, s- Saturday afternoon, we're going to have 12 weeks of more stories and more fun activities and you're going to get to learn more about Jesus. And you know, a lot of kids come back and they're excited to know more. And so they come in and we spend the first 6 weeks helping them to understand the gospel. And I love that because if you don't get it with what the gospel really is, then you don't have anything, right? But I think the thing that I love the most about The Greatest Journey is the fact that it really is a discipleship program, not a curriculum. Hmm. Teaching asks the question, what do we want them to know? Um, and then you build a syllabus and you build a lesson plan around that. Like, what is the learning objective and how do we move the student from where they are understanding-wise to where we want them to be? That's curriculum. That's teaching. And that's so necessary and important. But discipleship is different at its mm. core because it asks not what do we want them to know, but it says who do we want them to become. Mm. And that is so deeply different discipleship says, who do we want them to become? Well, we want them to first off become people that know that they were made in God's image, that God is the creator and that he made for good. He's the creator, therefore he has authority. He made for good, therefore your life has purpose and meaning and intentionality. And there was no mistakes when God made you, regardless of where you come from, regardless of what your tribe is, regardless of your gender, regardless of what you've been told about your abilities or your disabilities or your color or any of those things, God made you for good. So there's a very deep, um heart behind the greatest journey. Uh, the teacher training is designed to help teachers. Uh the, the teacher training for the greatest journey is designed to help teachers kind of have some of these paradigm shifts. And it works in any context. That was powerful. Um, so you just talked
1: about the greatest journey why it's so important. Mm-hmm. The discipleship matters. And and this is why we send boxes. It's not just to give a kid a good day, right. have a fun experience, and and get some good gifts. So yeah. yes, these kids' lives are changed. Um, their trajectory has changed. Uh, this definitely makes a mark, and a lot of them do come to know Christ through mm-hmm. this program. But... I love that it doesn't just change the child. Yes. Their parents, their grandparents, their mm-hmm. their whole community. So I'm actually getting goosebumps because I've seen A Greatest Journey uh, graduation and yes. many parents attended and graduated as well. Yes. So they're watching their kids uh, change before their eyes and yeah. they're wanting to know this hope and truth. The entire trajectory of these kids' lives are changed through this program. Many of them come to know Christ, and then they become disciples in their own communities. Hannah compared this change to a consuming fire, which reminded me of 2 Timothy 1.6, where Paul reminds the church to fan into flame the gift of God. And I see this program doing that. It both challenges and inspires me every day as I pack shoeboxes. It's humbling to know that we get to be a part of these shoeboxes going around the world and the good news of Jesus Christ entering these kids' lives. And so often, the Lord doesn't just stop with the child. Uh, There's such a ripple effect. Parents, grandparents, entire communities often come to know Jesus Christ. And as I was talking with both Bill and Hannah, I, I got chills. I got teary. The Holy Spirit truly is alive and active. And I was so blessed to hear from both of them as they testified uh, about this program. And last year alone, there were nearly 1,000 churches planted through Operation Christmas Child Shoebox Gifts and the Greatest Journey Discipleship Program. And, and we don't say this to claim uh, that Samaritan's Purse has saved these communities, but the gospel of Jesus Christ has. And only God can change hearts. It's so clear that God has blessed this program to get into the hard-to-reach places of the world. And Bill shared a story about how he saw firsthand the church literally being built up.
0: Carlos was a local church pastor and uh, every year was reaching a community that had no local church through Operation Christmas Child. And so I learned the story, Christy, the first time that I met him. He picked me up at the airport, took me to lunch uh and then said, come on, I'm gonna show you firsthand some of the ministry that that uh we see happening here in Mexico. We took Edward, mm-hmm. in fact, to visit many of these communities when when he traveled with us a few years ago. And he took me to about eight, nine, ten local churches. Mm-hmm. Each one had a feeding center, each one would have like a community garden, had a a house that they would build for the pastor. And so then he takes me to the last one, and it's under construction. I see the house. He walks me through the house. We see the little garden. We see the feeding center. Then we see the beginning of a church, and it's got the the girders going up, and the roof is up. I don't think there were walls just yet. Guys were up on a ladder. So we stopped. We talked to them. How you doing? This is great. How many people go to church here? (laughs) And that's when they said, well, nobody. And so then you do ask the obvious question, well, why are you building a church for nobody? And I love this man. And he says to me, Bill, you really don't know a lot about Operation Christmas Child yet, do you? Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to take it. I'm going to humble myself. You're right. I don't, I must not. Would you explain more to me about what Operation Christmas Child is doing in communities like this all around the world? And he said, well... People right now in the United States are packing their gift boxes. And so people just like you, Christy, that were at the store yesterday praying and praying over the gift box, asking God what they could put in it. And he said, they're doing that. He said, then they're going to go to the processing centers and more volunteers are going to come. They're going to process those. They're going to go into the containers. They're going to go by truck. They're going to go by boat. They're going to get to these places like ours And he said, they're going to arrive in January, we're going to do these outreach events, we're going to invite the children back to 12 weeks of the greatest journey, discipleship. And he said, the same thing happens year after year after year. After the discipleship classes are over, the children keep coming back Hmm. and they bring their families. And so he said, this church building that you're watching right now has not been born yet, but it will be born this coming April. And by God's grace, a few years later, I had an opportunity to go back. Edward was with us on this particular trip, and we saw a local church with 100, 150 people mm-hmm. that attend regularly because one man had faith in God and, and what he could do with and through a shoebox gift to reach children that had no relationship with Jesus. And so we see that same thing happening all over the world to, mm-hmm. to, by God's grace
1: by God's grace. This is a phrase that Bill repeated many times in our conversation, and it's a good reminder that God always gives grace when we step out in faith. I love watching our church partners through Operation Christmas Child. Uh, They are bold. They are faithful to the gospel. Uh, National Collection Week is right around the corner, and this year we're collecting shoeboxes at churches around the nation, November 14th through the 21st. As Hannah shared, uh, we had a record number of shoeboxes packed in recent years, and we're expecting God to do even more this year. so I encourage you to pack a shoebox this year. You can go to our website to find drop-off locations near you. Um, And finally, I I hope that you'll join us in praying. Uh, We wanna pray, 2 Peter 3.18, over this season of the Operation Christmas Child uh, season, that each child would grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ through these gifts. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for praying and being a part of this ministry. God bless you.